Jerry Agar in for John Moore today and next week. He's back after the August long weekend. He's on vacation, of course. So um, Richard Krause joins me. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? I'm well. Richard Krause is the host of Last Call with Richard Krause. He put as much uh, time into that as I did by naming my show the Jerry Agar Show from 9 to noon uh, here. And we brought you on to talk about streamflation. We'll get that uh, to that in a moment. But uh, since you're here, uh, f- one of the founding members of the Eagles, Randy Myers, passed away at age 77. Yeah, yeah, this is a shame. I mean, he was such a distinctive uh, 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 sound. He really helped create, uh, along with, uh, you know, Glenn Fry and and, uh, the rest of them, uh, this really uh, interesting country rock sound that came out of Los Angeles, and there were bands before them, and there were bands after them, but the Eagles kind of exemplified. They were the band that people... Uh, I think, think of when they think of, of country rock. And they changed their sound, uh, you know, gradually over the time. But if you listen to those first few records, uh, it's really kind of a magical, interesting sound. And he was a big part of it. Yeah, well, it was Fry and Henley that really dominated that band in a number of ways, and including the lead vocals. But, uh, but Randy Meisner, who just passed away at age 77, sang lead on this. I'm sorry, the band is still stuck in the dressing room doing drugs, but they'll be here in just a moment. When you hear that voice, you would know that, uh, as one article I was reading this morning said, he handled the high harmonies on a lot of the big songs. Yeah, that's right. And that, that took me right back to high school. It's amazing <laughs> how, you know, that it, music is so evocative, right? You hear something like that, even just a little snippet of it, and it takes you right back to when you first heard it. Yeah, right back to high school. What was her name? <laughs> there were two, there were too many. Were too many. <laughs> what a <laughs> great answer for the list. All right, then let's talk about streamflation. What does that mean? It means that you're paying probably a lot more than you think uh, to be entertained at home. And so, in the years that we had uh, linear cable. I remember people thinking, oh, why do I have to pay for the sports channels when all I really want is A&E and, you know, a handful of other stations? Uh, and so the, the cable providers uh, really just felt that these packages were kind of the way to go, and people um, ultimately tired of it, and they started cutting their cable when everyone started watching stuff on their phones and on their laptops. Uh, you had this you, you had this real shift. And then streaming came in and all of a sudden you can watch Netflix shows on your television. You can watch them on your phone. You can watch them on your laptop and it kind of revolutionized the way we watch television. It was television on demand for whatever you wanted. Anytime, day or night, you can probably watch The Office or Friends because you can find it on Netflix. And it was eight or nine bucks a month. And it seemed like uh, this was uh, the new way forward, particularly for a lot of younger people who uh, grew up just after the age of prime network television. And they weren't terribly interested in the old way. They didn't want to watch commercials. They didn't want all that stuff. So then Netflix comes along. And then uh, Prime Video, and you think, well, I've got to have Prime Video, too. 
it's only six or seven dollars a month and then uh all the other studios and a lot of other outlets decided well streaming is the way to go so we now have to all have our own streaming platforms and uh what started off as one eight or nine dollar investment uh, a month ended up being, you know, 40 or $50. And then the pandemic came along, streaming numbers skyrocketed, people wanted to be entertained at home. So they all signed up, we all signed up for streaming services more probably uh, than we might have had we not been locked down and stuck in our homes 24 hours a day. And the uh, the streamers, started raising their prices. And uh, after the pandemic, when a lot of people said, I don't know if I need all of these, the streamers noticed a drop and they said, well, you know what, we're going to raise our prices again, which seems counterintuitive to me. If you're trying to draw in more customers, I would have thought lowering the prices might be the way to go, but it hasn't happened. So people, because it's uh, dribs and drabs that they're paying for this, a lot of people, and this is what the studies are saying, don't realize how much they're paying for their streaming entertainment. So whether it's television or maybe add in Spotify or a music streamer to that. And people are paying upwards of $250 a month, which is, generally speaking, a lot more than they've been paying for cable television previously. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny that some of the people doing that, they make fun of people who have cable and then they don't realize how much money they're spending. But I can relate to this personally on a couple of levels right now, Richard, because everybody tells me I have to watch Yellowstone, yeah. uh, but I don't have that channel. So do, do I have to though get that channel? And then I, I'm a dedicated Jays watcher. But tonight, if you look at the sports channels you purchased, you will find that you will be watching the New York Yankees at the Baltimore Orioles instead of the Blue Jays. Why is that? Because tonight they're on Apple+. Plus. Yeah, it was a much simpler world when there were three networks and pretty much everything. If you had a VCR, you could probably watch pretty much everything that was out there. Now there are so many uh, uh, channels and streamers um, that it's sometimes, A, difficult to figure out what is playing on what streamer. Uh, And uh, if you do, for instance, want to watch Yellowstone, which is the most one of the most popular television shows in North America right now, uh, you have to have Paramount Plus. You can't see it otherwise. And so, yeah, there's another 8 or $9 on your bill. And then it just goes up and up and up. And people are, uh, I think, slowly waking up to the, to the fact that if you want to have the variety that used to be offered uh, in a linear model, um, it's going to cost a great deal more money now. And it's only going to get worse as more and more streamers come along. Because the the fact of the matter is is that streaming doesn't make a huge amount of money for uh, the companies that own the streaming services. It's a low margin uh, margin business because you have to constantly feed it content, uh, and growing a, a streaming service is very expensive. So those prices are only going to go up and up and up. And I think that the writer strike, uh, coupled with the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA strike that's happening in Hollywood right now, is also going to further complicate matters by uh, putting a big hole in the production schedule that a lot of those streamers rely on, uh, and that pretty soon we're going to find that when uh, they come back, 
they're going to have to put out a huge outlay of cash just to try and catch up and to try and keep their services looking fresh and keep their services uh, looking viable. And that means that those costs are going to be handed across to the consumer, and it's just going to end up costing us even more than it already does. Richard Krause, good to have you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jerry. This is News Talk 1010.